Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Grayscale Gorilla Podcast. I'm so happy you joined us today. Happy Monday. Happy day after Super Bowl. Anyone, how's everyone feeling? Did everyone stay up too late? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Chris, how you feeling today? I'm pretty good. I missed the Super Bowl because I was uh, on the Snowgraph ski trip over the weekend. Which oh, was yeah. Fun. You went out with uh, other motion graphicsers. How do you call that? And you went <laughs> went skiing? Went skiing yeah, yeah into... 20, 25 uh, people from the industry here just going and skiing uh, just about uh, like three hours north. It was pretty fun. Didn't uh, didn't injure myself permanently in any way, so uh, that's a good trip. Definitely what? felt like I improved. That was cool. What? Where was it? What mountain? Uh, what Cascade hill? and Devil's Head. Okay. Yeah, I know where that's at. Oh, man. Wisconsin. Uh, everyone's uh, mouse hand okay after all that? I, I all that? bought and wore wrist guards. Like, I didn't take any chances. <laughs> I had knee pads. I had wrist guards. Got my helmet on. Oh, nice. good. All right, good. We need you, man. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you made it out. Uh, well, cheers. Uh, Super Bowl, Chad, What's uh, what was your favorite Super Bowl ad? Oh, gosh. I didn't, I didn't really find any of them to be, like, crazy good. What about from but, like a motion or like 3D aspect? Any of those pop up? Now that you know, I feel like there's like less and less spectacle CG motion designy uh, Super Bowl spots every year. I think it peaked maybe five years ago, and ever since then, there's like less and less, and they're just trying to get more clever and funny. Uh, it's more like they're funny or heartstrings. Yeah, and less it's like like less CG. Wow. Yeah, it's more like comedy or inspirational make you try to cry or whatever but i would think that um just like non-motion design related or cg related i really liked the tide stuff i thought that was clever it was, was well smart. done it was smart it was well executed uh they kind of hijacked all of the spots sort of by making you feel like every tide every ad was a tide ad the only problem is like if you try to say tide ad, like it just sounds weird. Like it's a weird <laughs> phrase to say. So my dad was watching it with us and he didn't understand what the hell was going on. He's like, what, what's a, what's a tide ad? What's a tide ad? Like, what is that? I'm like, it's a tide ad. And so like, he just was like, it was not, it was not <laughs> it didn't click. It didn't click. And, and so it was sort of funny. Like the spots were funny, but then watching, his reaction to it was funny too, because you know he's just like he had no idea that this was for a detergent. Uh, so it it was kind of funny on both sides. But how how about you? What did you what were you liking? Uh yeah, I liked I liked the angle uh, they had on that one. I liked um we were talking about just before we hit record on the the Olympic commercials that the Sean White one in particular was really yeah. cool. Yeah, that one was good. I think all of them though, like they're hitting the right notes of of like showing you um one of the uh contestants and a little bit of a backstory and getting you excited i love the winter olympics i just i love it i love mountain sports and all that so i'm getting excited for that uh what else did they show i mean they had there was one that was really uh sort of weird i don't know if you remember this one where it, they took people that came in and they like brought them through like a metal detector and if they laid down a set of like hyundai keys they like led them into a room like they were being interrogated, but in actuality, they were basically saying, Hey, when you buy Hun uh, Hyundai, uh, some of the money goes to help these people and check it out. These people are here and they want to say thanks. And I was like, what a, I'm like, I mean, their heart's in the right place, but what an ambush. Like, like, <laughs> so if that weird. Were me, yeah. it was so weird. Like, I'm like, 
if I'm there with my family and you pull me out of the line and like, I think I'm getting interrogated for something like my brain is going to be like flying through every scenario <laughs> that when you put this heartfelt story in front of me, I'm just going to be like, so confused. Like what is happening right now? <laughs> what did I leave in my Yeah, pocket? exactly. Like, and so <laughs> I don't know, like that was really a weird one. Didn't really, didn't really do it for me. Uh, I, I think their heart was in the right place, but it was just a weird execution uh, on that. But it's always yeah. so heartbreaking because you know how expensive these spots are when you see something that's almost there and it doesn't quite hit. Yeah. And and to be, you know, like to, to work in in commercial work and be in the room when these ideas kind of are made and, and thought of, it's so um, heartbreaking. And it's also like so interesting to watch something that is almost there and it didn't quite hit, but you're not quite sure why. Like there was the Chris Pratt. um Michelob Ultra commercials mm -hmm. where he was like he thought he was going to be the star of the commercial but then he found out they they put him in the like extras line and so then the, I think the joke was like okay now you're going to watch all these other Michelob Ultra commercials and watch for Chris Pratt in the background because <laughs> they because he was like the an extra and the, the concept again it was like kind of smart you're like why would you put Chris Pratt in the background but then it became a thing where you're like looking for him because because he's, you know, that's the joke. But it just, it didn't hit. Yeah, and I didn't even realize that's what that was. Yeah, you had to get the joke. You had to see the setup to get the rest of the jokes. And then it, the, the, the tone of it was weird. Well, and first of all, who drinks Michelob Ultra? Like, nobody. I that's see. why they spend so much money. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, like, I'm, I'm. I, I've been I've been around. I go to bars. I've, I know people that drink. I can't say I've ever seen anybody order or stand there drinking a Michelob. No, it's, I, uh, it might be the greatest beer ever. I don't know. I think Never they're trying to hit the 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 light beer drink market and get lower calories and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm with you. Like that's uh, weird, man. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. So you, ads, you know, that's why you, that's why you get a Super Bowl ad. Get well, that. did you did you see Chris? You didn't see, obviously, but there was a moment where there was like a 15 second blackout. Oh, I did see mm -hmm. it on. Uh, I didn't see that in person. So during one of the commercial breaks, there was like 15 seconds of black. And I think if you're like me, everybody was looking for their remote, thinking the cat or the dog sat on the remote or something. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God. And I, and I realized that it was just black. And somebody on Facebook was like that 15 seconds of black cost someone 15 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, somebody got their money back uh, yeah. last night. Somebody got a call and some money back. So you that, can't get that opportunity back, man. No, no yep. other day in the world where where like that many people are watching live TV and not leaving when the commercials come on, right? Like every yeah, yeah. other sport you you watch all like and and you get up and and use the restroom and and get a beer during the commercials. Not this one. Not that. Not this, this one day. Anyway, um, let's get into today's topic. Uh which is a question is that right from uh, one of our viewers that is right we have a question yeah which let's you can send us questions and sometimes we use them as topics so do that we, yeah we really do look at them um before we get into the question if you want to ask a question or uh, have a topic for us to discuss at one of our uh, podcasts hit us up on youtube if you just leave a comment in any of our podcasts we're always looking at at those you could also go uh write a review and include a question on itunes we're looking there as well and if you're in our gsg connect which is our behind the scenes um 
Slack channel for any of our customers. If you've ever purchased anything from Grayscale Gorilla, you have access to this GSG Connect. We've been doing a lot more in there and have some cool stuff planned for this year as well. So make sure you hop in there. We're answering questions and collecting questions in there too. So uh, Chad, why don't you set up the topic for today and um, we'll get we'll get going. I'll have a sip of coffee. Well, today, this episode's question comes from uh, Louis or Louis from Toronto, Canada. And he wants to know what happens after school. What happens after school? Well, I for me, I think Thundercats came on, <laughs> and then uh, as I got older, I think it was Animaniacs and Batman was more on the afternoon schedule. Ooh, nice. Yep. Um, but I, I'm I'm probably getting this question wrong. It sounds like you know you're going you, you go to motion design school, you go to art school, you go to design school, you get out and wait now what now what now what now the big question the what big the hell question. have i gotten myself into yeah well i'll uh, i mean uh, i have a thought about it right away which is if you wait if you wait until the end of school and you have the hat the goofy hat on with the tassels on it and you have the piece of paper in your hand and you decide then to say now what um i think i i would say that that's too late yeah, you're already in trouble at that point. You're already in trouble. So one of the th one of the best things, if you if you are able to go to school and you're able to spend a certain amount of your young years learning and having enough free time to like do homework and also you know be young and you know experiment, play around and and do this stuff, then the other thing you should be doing with that time is going and meeting the people that will eventually hire you because here's the thing and and maybe this is the punchline to right like right away if you, if the best thing you could do as a student is go to your favorite places that you want to work or favorite people you want to meet and say look i'm a student i just really love this stuff can i sit down and ask you some questions i have some questions about my career can i buy you a coffee like those are the times to buy somebody a coffee those are the times to ask if you could help and, and meet people and as soon as you graduate you lose that opportunity because you know what you're not a student anymore you are now looking for a job and that's a totally different feeling that's a totally different email to send somebody and say hey can i buy you a cup of coffee because now it sounds like you're looking for a job which you are right and so um i don't know maybe, maybe i'm getting sure. ahead of myself here but um in some ways you have to think of this now what situation throughout your throughout your learning and throughout your schooling and throughout all of it like no matter where you are right now do do 80 percent of the sitting down and learning and take 20 percent of your time and go worry about this other stuff this this like now what stuff I, you went in a slightly different direction there than i thought you would you're more talking about the uh, motivation of like going out and meeting people and you seem like you have biased motivation if you uh if you're asking after the fact, but I was just thinking that you kind of need a, a runway in which to you know, like start shaking hands, meeting people, getting your name out there, passing out some business cards, you know, like maybe showing your real, like just being in somebody's roster so that when, when the time comes, you've already met some people. And I actually get to have a lot of experience with this, uh, like outside of my own personal one, but you know, running the Chicago C4D meetup and seeing people at the Chicago motion artist group, like there's quite a few students who come in, people who start coming in. They're like, oh, I heard about this thing. I wanted to start meeting some people and shaking hands while well, I'm still in school uh, or, you know, even, but along those lines, they can be maybe even recently out of school, but they're there meeting other people actively working. 
and a shocking number of these people end up getting into like like into an internship or getting to do some freelance work for a company like getting a desk and then they get a full-time job it, it it happens all the time where people are kind of moving in and moving out and shaking hands but if you wait until you've graduated and then you're like now what then you're just starting this process and who knows how long it will take until one of those lands but if you were doing that in you know, your last year of school or you know even prior to that because you probably want to finish school if you've been working your way towards it. If you're close to a degree, I can see wanting to finish the degree. But the uh, just starting to meet those people and get the name out there and be like, hey, if you've got some project coming up, like, remember me. And that's, yeah. uh, that seemed to have worked uh, pretty well for a lot of people. Yeah. But Chad, you've uh, you've hired people in the past. You've been, you know, in school and you, you have a lot of experience with this, too. What, what stands out to you as somebody that looks and is ready and prepared for the market like who who answered that question well to for themselves of like now what uh well i guess to go back a, a little bit i was i was not that person i was not the person that knew what they wanted to do when they graduated i was not the person that was aware of any groups i was not the i was just like complete blank slate on graduation i had no idea what the hell i was going to do so i wish I would have had a podcast like this or someone to tell me to, to go do this and go meet these people. And, uh, I think I would have gotten into the industry much sooner and probably been a lot less scared of if I was going to starve to death. Uh, but uh, getting back to what you just said, I would say that anybody that I hear about from other people or I can tell is interested or a part of the, um, God, I hate using this word scene, I guess would be the best word wherever you are, whatever city you're near or whatnot, whatever group your, your, uh, city or, or your municipal areas around CMAG for us. And, um, also other, uh, meetups and things of that nature. If I hear about, I don't, I may not necessarily go myself, but if I hear other people working at the studio say, Oh yeah, I met so-and-so, uh, they came to this meetup. They seem really cool. You should talk to them. I think they'd be a good fit. Those are what I'm listening for, like other people sort of finding out if I can't make it to a meetup, then maybe somebody else heard about this person. But yeah, mostly the same things you guys just said. People that are realizing that they need that runway, that they're going to go to these events in the hopes to meet someone, to get them the internship, to get them to even just know their name, know that they're out there available for freelance, what they specialize in, all these types of things. You just want to make yourself known. Uh, and, oh, and that's, and think, and yeah, go yeah. ahead. Even with, uh, it's not even that you have to necessarily shake the hand of somebody at a particular company. Like there's all these Slack channels that are around. And if you, well, it's like you go to, let's say you go to a meetup and you shake some different hands and, you know, none of these people are hiring. But then, you know, uh, a week later, a month later, somebody in Slack channel is like, hey, I'm looking for a freelancer or does anybody know of any potential interns? You've just shook the hands of a bunch of people who might be like, oh, there's that one guy at the meetup. You should ask him. And now, once again, you get filtered in. Like, you you can't be found if people don't know about you. And the more kind of, like, little, uh, like, tendrils and, like, you know, runners that you put out in all these different directions, the more chance that something is going to lead back into something that's more real. And this also, is I think they need something tangible to attach you to. So you can't just go to a meetup and say, hey, I'm Chad. Nice to meet you. I do um, motion design, too. Aren't uh, you know, this is a cool meetup. You got to say, 
you got to almost give them some context. Like I'm Chad. I really like doing X or I, I, I did a lot of this and I really want to do more of that so that when they're thinking of someone for something, they can say, Oh, that, that person I met does that. Let's go follow up with them. But just a little bit more context as to why they might remember you or why they should remember you is good. Yeah. If you, if, if, if anybody asks you and they're like, so what part of this job are you trying to do? And you say everything, immediately everyone forgets you <laughs> you're yep. immediately like what well that, that's not an answer like to you the way people meet and and build relationships and have things in the back of their head they they like to put things in in a bucket and the more that you could say look, look i could i i'm a fast learner but i love x and i just love you know after effects i love cinema 40 i love particles i love um like mocap mocap's my thing like whatever Compositing. like yeah, pick the thing because because then they're they're checking that box off. I mean, it, it reminds me it's like it's such a it's such a dirty word, but the, this is this is marketing and branding. This is marketing and branding yourself so that when other people look for something that you pop up in their head. And that that's all that marketing and branding does, right? It's like we did, we're talking about the Super Bowl, we're talking about commercials. Why do people spend all this money on uh, on a 30 second ad or a, or a one minute ad or 15 second ad. It's because there's this huge audience of people that they want to get a message in front of that says, Hey, when you're thinking about X, think about us. And, and so Coca-Cola mm -hmm. keeps spending money on commercials because they're like, when you're thinking about being thirsty, you want to think about us. And, you know, um, tide just spent all that money on commercials that said, when you, when you're standing in the aisle and there's 20, um, brands to choose from, you want to remember us and you want to pick us up. When you're about to call poison control, I want you to think <laughs> don't <laughs> eat the dyed bots. Yeah, I, I, there's actually a pretty good uh, joke I saw online where it was like, oh, like the Tide's doing a good job doing a follow up of this commercial after all that viral marketing about eating Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs> they spent so much on. But, but to like follow all the way through it, what you want to do is be in someone's head so that when somebody goes, hey, I'm looking for a compositor, that they know this, they have this in the back of their head. You know what? I met this this really cool person at this party, or uh, somebody I just met knew a compositor that is looking for a gig. Or you want to be in that brain space. Yep, that's and everybody's in that brain space too. Like when you go to an event, you may not even realize it, but when you're meeting people, you're looking for you're you're looking for ways to compartmentalize who you meet. You're looking for ways of of connecting people to your world so if i go to an event and of course there's all the people that i already know them just hanging out with but if i meet somebody new i immediately think okay how could i find a use for this person or help them or and that's just a natural sort of instinct i think a lot of people have so be ready to answer that question like where do you fit in to this person's uh world and like if you're if you're looking for a job in motion design um, trying to figure out, well, uh, where do you where do you work? Well, I work at XYZ. Oh, cool. Um, I've been wanting to get in there. I, I do a lot of compositing. Do you guys ever hire freelance compositors? And if so, like, who do I talk to? Is there a producer I can email? And try to figure out how you could fit into that into their puzzle. And I think that you'll make an impact. They'll remember you, and then you'll get that call if something comes in or maybe a job comes up. Well, that's that's a lot of the world that we're super familiar with now. But I know that that was not the case when, like, I was graduating or when I was starting to look around for work. Like, I 
uh, when, when me and my friends graduated, we had the idea that we're going to essentially do a whole bunch of like freelance or even do like a little bit of our own business and try and gather things up. And, you know, we kind of got beat up in that for a little while until we're like, you know, like, okay, we started looking for more real work at the same time. We're all like working as waiters. We don't have a job in the industry. And then you just start sending out resumes and you're trying to like cold call companies. And there was no meetup. And I lived out in the suburbs. There was no meetup to go to. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like at that point, it was a lot of like just keeping an eye out on forums. Like these days would be like just staying on a Slack channel and communicating with people. I mean, even that, like if you don't have a local meetup, which and a lot of places don't, but like there's still big Slack channels like all over the place of talking about different specific things, like going in there and being helpful, being talkative not annoying and you know having work and asking questions like helping other people like people like all the time will go into a slack channel and be like hey i need a freelancer i need this or does anybody know about this type of person so you know you don't even necessarily need these physical meetups i mean it's not viable for everyone to do that and i mean i think all of us have probably had times where it's just like sending out resumes cold calling like trying to get a portfolio together to talk to people like a lot of this even has a context of if you're going to give someone a business card at a meetup, you probably want to have a a portfolio online somewhere and uh, maybe a link to the URL. Like just maybe they can get an idea of where that is. I remember when I graduated from, from college, I had no idea about anything. I was just so completely oblivious to to all of it. They also Uh, just don't tell you at all. what. No, like, yeah, we have a job fair that that's what you get. Yeah. And, and so I went to the quote placement office and I, re- I'll never forget this. I sat down I'm like, so are you going to help me find a job or like, well, how does this work? And he was just like, yeah, so um, here. And he hands me a magazine and it was an industry magazine, uh, Chicago, like post industry magazine. And he's like, here you go. Good luck. And I was like, I don't even know what you're handing me. What is this? Well, it's a post-production magazine. There's places in there that have like animation companies and you know stuff like that. They might be able to help you. Or you might be able smiling to... and dialing. Uh, and and I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, I just paid all this money. You got you have an office that says placement on the outside, and all you're doing is handing me a magazine. That made me so angry. I was I'll, I'll just was so furious with that. And so I took this magazine and I had no idea what to do with it. I had no idea who to call, what companies were, what, what the situation was in Chicago. And I, I was just so like lost, I guess. And there wasn't meetups and there wasn't that, that sort of stuff. There was parties and all that kind of thing, I'm sure. But I didn't know about them. I didn't even know where yeah. to begin. You don't have a context for that. No. If, and if your story ended right now with you pulling up that magazine in like a frame and being like, but this magazine changed my life. Well, cut to five years later, I was in that magazine. Oh, bam. Ooh, so, nice. Bam. So that's how you, that's, that, that was my, um, my redemption right there. But I mean, I, up until that point, I had no idea. And but, I, yeah. I just thought like I set out to be in that magazine either. It was like fell into the industry. Uh, you can hear my stories on another podcast, but ended up in Milwaukee, then ended up back in Chicago. And that's when I started working around post houses in Chicago and started to become a part of that industry. And in hindsight, I know why he sent, he gave me that magazine because it, the reality was this teacher had absolutely no connection to the, the any place that could hire me. And his only advice was to go look at, at at these companies. They might be able to hire you. I'm sure he was probably thinking he was doing his job, even though, in my opinion, it was not. He was doing a, a crappy job. But 
you know, that's all there wasn't like meetups and slacks and things like that back then. So it was like, that's all he could do. But yeah, man, I mean, if, if just, it's hard not to sound like, um, I don't know. It's hard for me to relate because I just wasn't, I just was so oblivious to all of it. Like I didn't know, I wish I would have known what I, where I was going to end up when I was in college. That's, yeah. that's a, the scary part is that they, the scary, the school doesn't, at least for, for, it sounds like both of our experience that the school doesn't in any way try and give you a context of what you're about to enter into. No, like, you have no idea what's coming and they're not telling you like, Hey, go go try and find a meetup you're not they're not telling you like oh, oh go prep these things and the teachers don't even know they don't even know what they don't even know what people are looking for like many of them don't at nick, least when, at my school when you were finishing up school nick did they give you any kind of context or help that you that was useful they they had like the regular portfolio class where they go through your stuff and but but reaching out and meeting people now nah, it wasn't it wasn't very helpful i think I think for me, I learned these lessons by asking how other people did it. And that that's always been my magic trick to, to, to learn something. And it seems very, very simple, but don't ask the people whose job it is to tell you what to go do because they often don't know, <laughs> like the school doesn't quite know, or they don't, they're not aligned. The school wants everyone to believe that all you need to do is pay them and, and you're good. And what they they don't want to say what's obvious, which is you also need to go like brand yourself and meet people to go get get you a job. Like we'll give you the skills, but ultimately you need to go meet people or we could try to introduce you. So it's not in their best interest to say like, yeah, look, we'll teach you the tech side. But look, if if you're not personable or you're an asshole to work with, like, sorry, like we'll, we'll yeah, still take don't your teach money. You, they don't teach you how to get a job. They may teach you the skills when you land the job. But right. how so this to get is, the job? Yeah. So this this is always a this is a thing that that you could try to bring to any problem you're trying to solve. Go find the people that are as close to your position as possible. Like they were just a student, or they just graduated, or they did this a year ago, and go ask them the specific process and how they got their job. This is why meeting people in the industry, not not necessarily meeting the people that are hiring, but meeting the people that are it like your peers and having a conversation with them and saying, what worked for you? How did you get your job? Because what you'll find, or at least what I found was over and over and over again, nobody said I gave somebody my resume and they hired me based on it. Or they said, nobody said I told them where I went to school and I was hired based on it. Zero people said that. All the people I asked, Hey, how did you get your job? They responded like, oh, I knew somebody in the, and like was a friend of a friend that knew that they were looking for an After Effects artist. And I just happened to be at the party the night before and I was introduced to so-and-so. And I'm like, all right, this is this is good info. I'm, I'm patching this together in my head that really what I need to do is go out to meetups, which I was already like obsessed with After Effects. So I'm going to After Effects meetups. And I've told this story before, but every job I had, every Every freelance job I had, everybody I worked with for the next five to 10 years, I started it started from going to this After Effects meetup. And, and this is also true with me meeting Chris, right? Like going to the Cinema 4D meetup. And it's it, over and over and over again, just to get back to my original story, every time I asked somebody how they got their job, it was always about relationships and meeting people and going to the right gig or to the right party or to the right forum or any of that stuff. None of it had to do with anything my school told me. And so that that's 
where I decided to spend my time. I got online. I started hanging out on forums, half because I I loved After Effects so much that I just had a million questions, but I also liked answering questions. So I happened to be there answering everybody's, everybody's After Effects questions in MoGraph.net as much as I could. And and in Creative Cow, <laughs> back in the day, mm-hmm. answering stuff in Creative Cow. And either meeting people through that way or meeting people locally through the events. And people ask me all the time, hey, I don't have a local event. What, what do I do now? Well, Chris said it perfectly. Like, There's all these Slack channels. You can go in and just help, just volunteer and help and say, you know, let me let me try to fix your problem. And 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 show up and be a part of the community. That that's that's really all it comes down to. Be a part of the community. And if you're not if your work isn't ready to be a part of the community, that's okay. You don't have to put up your reel if you're not happy with it yet. You can instead volunteer your time, help people, um help set up a meetup. Like if your town can support a meetup and there's 5 or 10 people in your town, you start the meetup. What a great way to meet people. Um so anyway, it, it all, all angles come back to people. People hire people. Algorithms don't. They don't go look at where you go to school. They don't go look at almost anything else other than can you do the job? Are you good at it? And how do I know you? Because if somebody can bypass a, and I'm talking a lot here, it's a coffee situation. If anybody can bypass the um, resume process and just say, hey, do you recommend somebody and ask a friend? That's way better. That's way better for everybody, right? They they're they're getting a personal recommendation from a friend who they trust, and they can bypass this whole thing and go, "Hey, look, I trust you. Let's bring this person in and inter- interview them." And if you can get in that conversation at all, then you're then you're in the in the right place. Well, yeah, and that's you, where you, that's where talking about Slack and these meetups comes in because well, if you know, let's say you know literally one person in the industry. Like, you know, your teacher and your teacher likes you. It's like, okay, that's one person who might give you a recommendation. But now you go into a Slack channel and you start answering questions all the time. And you're like an After Effects whiz and you keep helping people with After Effects and doing all those things. Every time you do that, that's maybe another person who might recommend you. You go to a meetup, you shake some hands and, uh, you know, those are all now additional people who might recommend you. And it's really like building up a bigger and bigger collection of people who might recommend you and, you know, there's a whatever, like 0.01% chance that any one of these is going to turn out, but you add enough of them together and one of them will work out. Yeah. yeah I think that also too, you got to remember that uh, if you're coming out of school and you want to get a job in motion design, you got to know who, who the players are, like what, what shops do you, do you admire? What shops do you want to go get a job at? Because you may not live near Chicago or LA or New York or whatever. So you not, you may not be able to make it out to these things and showing up in a, in a Slack channel is great. And I think that's absolutely great advice, but the people in there might not be the people that can even get you a job because they're not the producer. They're not the EP. They're not the people looking for, for people. So find the studios that you admire that you want to work for. Find out how they hire freelancers, who's doing it, how they find out about them. Uh, how do you get on that list? How do you schedule a coffee? You know, maybe take a trip to LA or New York and try to meet a bunch of studios. We used to do these things called, um, people would do these all the time. People would show up for a studio tour. Mm-hmm. And they would, and a lot of times, a lot of people don't know this a little bit of an inside, uh, inside baseball, but 
if you just call a studio that you admire, let's just say, I don't know, Buck or somebody like that, um, and you say, hey, listen, I'm in town. Can I drop by for a studio tour? I'm a big fan. I'll be there between like 3.30 and, and 6. Most of the time, they'll say yes. And you'll show up. Maybe you'll have an intern or maybe a production coordinator or somebody will take you around and show you show you the place. We used to do these all the time at DK. And that is a great way to sort of get a lay of the land. Also, maybe hopefully talk to somebody that may, may have uh, um, uh, a, the power to bring you in on a freelance gig or maybe an internship or whatnot. But that little bit is great. And if you can take a trip somewhere and schedule three or four of these in that trip, then you just did a lot of great marketing for yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great way to do it too. And that, that brings me back to like the, you know, I think you said it best. It's like a runway. You have to start that, to start that process early because if you show up and instead say, Hey, I'm looking for a job. Can I come up and hang out? <laughs> They're gonna say gonna say no. Right. Get out of here. Like everyone's asking to work at, at this place, right? But if you could show up and do the tour and say, Awesome, I always love your work. And hey, you know, I'm graduating here in, in a few months. Do you mind if I run my reel past you? Like connect with somebody at that place and go, Hey, can I can I ask you like, can I send you my reel and you could just critique it or you know, give me two things to change? Or is there anything I could do to work at a at a place like yours? You know, you never you don't have to say like, can you hire me? Just say like, look, I love your work. I love working at a place like yours. I want to eventually do that. Do you have any advice? Yep. Find that mentor that people love to help students, right? People love to like be asked their opinion, right? <laughs> and, and like find that person on the tour or find that person in the um, in the Slack channel. I mean, I think a lot of people are, are anxious to seem like they're new and seem like they don't know quite what's what they're doing but that's the one of the biggest advantages you have when you're new is to say look i'm new i'm so in love with, the, with all this stuff and i'm looking to learn and that energy is like people love to help that energy people love that you're there asking questions if you can help anybody else in that energy people remember that and if you're and if you end up being good at what you're what you're doing which you always have to end up being good. Like we're we're talking about all the meeting. Once you show up to this meeting, you got to have work that's good. You have to all the other stuff. We're assuming that you, you you're you're having here. But if you can line up all that and get the relationship, it's it's like such a no brainer for so many hires because they're like, look, I met you two years ago. You're not just some you know some person that just showed up. There's like a relationship here. God, it's people. People, people hiring people. My gosh, I'm I'm like working on this blog post right now. I want to get out. It's like it all comes down to people, the things that you're making, the things, the commercial that you're working on, the relationship with the client, how you get the job, your who you learn from, and it's and it. I don't. This might be obvious to so many other people, but the way that my brain works, I have to remind myself every day that it's people. It is all people. And the, and the more that we spend in front of a box, not engaging with people, um, I get worried. I get, and I get a little unhappy too, right? It's all people make you happy. People make relationships. People make like everything. And uh, I'm working on this blog post right now. I, I hope will help um, kind of help people. It. Well, help people, but also say it in a more elegant way than <laughs> eloquent way that I am right now. But you know, especially early on and, and even as your career grows, you have to spend 
at least a 30 year time with the people side, right? Like you could sit and learn and be really great, but that there's this, uh, there's this thing I always call like being the best person in the basement is just not going to do your career any favors, right? Like you can sit and be so great and be so good at your, at your work. But if you're not out meeting people, um, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to continue. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sort of like still like wishing I could go back and like tell myself, my younger self to do some of the things that we talked about here because nobody, you know, nobody tells you that stuff. I feel like when you're in school, you're in a bubble and uh, the school keeps you in that bubble. Uh, I don't even know if it's not every school. I think every school is different. My school kept me in a bubble and I felt very much, uh, like why wasn't I shown this world when I was in the bubble? Why did I have to wait until I was graduated to get shown these these different industries and these different places that could potentially use my skills. I hope it's not like that for your, everyone listening. I hope that your school introduced you to the world of, of motion design and film and VFX or whatever it is that you're interested in, because that is great if they did that. Yeah. There's not, oh man, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, even, you know, running one of the meetups, like I, there's not, there's a little bit, but there's not a ton of engagement from schools to say, Hey, what's this, go what, you know, what's going on here? Hey, can we, can we host a meetup or can we do some sort of something somewhere that isn't necessarily involving drinking? Cause maybe not everybody can, is at the age where they can drink or even get in, into a bar and, and just telling their students, like bringing a group of students, like, Hey, this is important. You gotta, you gotta see the world outside of the bubble at the school and just, them shepherding people into these different things is what would be useful. I, and even though I think a lot of the things that we're saying right now feel super obvious now, when you're just graduating, when you're still in school, these are not obvious at all. You don't know, have any idea where to look. Like I had that feeling when I went to school and I found my school, I was like, well, this is what you do, right? Like I want to do this weird, obscure thing that doesn't. And at, at the time there wasn't YouTube and there wasn't Vimeo, there wasn't online training the way it is now i had no idea and i'm like well i gotta go get into this school this expensive school and then they'll figure out then i'll have everything i need because they have all the answers because that's literally what i'm paying them to do and we've heard the story a million times which is they're not they're not um uh, in many ways preparing a student for actual work and so what do you do when you when you show up and you're like, well, I went to all my classes, I got A's in all my classes. I think the thing to think about to get back to the original question of what now, I think one of the mindsets you have to have, especially in this industry, is that you are never done learning. And school, the period of school where you learn something and then you go off and work in it is uh, is not how this works. That's just not how this industry works. So it's you you you. You, the answer to what now is like more, more and, and better, right? Like, um, you got homework when you're at school. So if you're out of school and you're looking for the next thing to do, give yourself some homework, give yourself a project, get work, find a friend, learn how to work with people, work on something you love, um, and start to start to meet the people around that are hiring and, 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 or are working at a place where you want to work. And so it, to me, there's this, thinking back of my mentality when I went to started to go to school, I'm like, well, I'm going to, once I get the paper, I'm good. Cause they're going to teach me all of it. 
And if you're in that mindset right now, just remember there's you're you're going to learn 10 to 20 times more after school than you are in school. And just make sure you stay in that learning process. Because if you if 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 this is a this is just an industry that changes a lot too. So it's something I wasn't really quite prepared for that I quickly learned as I started talking to people in this industry. So I don't know, yeah. like as we as we like get closer to an hour and all this stuff, you know, this is a big topic. Is there something specific that somebody out there that is looking to either, you know, they 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 graduated or they're about to graduate, maybe they didn't set up their runway like we talked and they're like, oh crap, what do I do now? Is there is there one or two things that they could start to do tomorrow that can help set them up um, for for a job, you know, for for a, a place in this crazy world? Well, literally everything we've been talking about, anybody can do at any time. It's just the sooner you do it, the better it will be, the more connections you've made, the more people that might recommend you that might hire you. So this is more about like if you're in your last year of school, you can already have a year of this built up. But if you've already graduated and you graduated six months ago, well, you're going to start out now. And it's going to take a whole year to get that same level of buildup. So it's never too late to do it. And I think for all of us, we didn't have like a big, long runway. We graduated being like, OK, cool. Where's my job? How does this work? Like, you know, somebody somebody point me in the right direction. So we didn't have those runways. So it's not like you have to you know, if you if you haven't done this by the time you graduate, it's not like you're done. It's just you now have more work to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you just got to, you know, for me, like whenever I'm faced with something like that, I, I just sort of try to absorb as much of it as I possibly can and start making lists. Okay, well, what 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 is my, the reel that I made from school, is, is that going to do it? Is, is it good enough? Do I need more of something? Well, how do I know that? I got to reach out to studios. What are they looking for? What do they wish they had more of? What do they wish, what kind of reel do they wish they were getting? Make that real. Okay, that reel's made. Okay, now I'm going to find out wh who to send it to. Who's the executive producer? Who's making the decisions at this studio, that studio? What groups can I be a part of? What slacks can I, you know, just start really compartmentalizing it down into, into actionable items that you can start to execute. Uh, that's how my brain works, and that's how I would start attacking it. But at the end of the day, like Nick said, it's people. So try to prioritize everything that puts you in front of as many of those people as possible to the top of that list and make those things happen. Now, just because you know somebody doesn't mean they're automatically going to give you a job. You actually have to be good at what you do. You have to actually be good at this stuff. And if you're not and you're the nicest person in the world, it's just it. it's great that you're nice and, and you're really easy to work with. But if you can't do the job, you're not going to get the job. So that's also a really important factor. You can't just meet people you actually have to be able to show them that you can do it so um yeah just start start tackling those things and work be willing to put in the work yeah i think for me mentally that made sense and hopefully this kind of ties some of it up is 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 that branding marketing thing that i mentioned earlier because as an animator especially in chicago it's a lot of commercial work I realized that some many of the skills I want I needed to learn to to be hireable was not just how to keyframe, but how to really think to to grab people's attention. 
how do you animate to grab people's attention, right? That's really a lot of times why you're getting hired. Um, how do you how do you put the brand in its best light? How do you put the logo in the screen and make it beautiful? How do you impress the client and also impress the other viewers that are watching this piece of media, whether it's on TV or on a billboard or whatever, right? So when I started learning those skills and learning design skills and learning commercial skills, I thought, well, hey, that this also works for me. <laughs> like I'm the brand, right? So I started making like my own website, came up with Creamy Orange was my weird little brand, you know, and then I made my own little logo and I made my reel and I started treating myself like like a brand like okay well what what does my brand stand for well it's a little goofy and there's bright colors and there's silly jazz music like you know um like lounge jazz from from like 50s and 60s i started building my own brand for my stuff my work and whenever i had time to work on my own work i would make sure that it was in that style right it was it, it felt a part of that and the more that i added to that and the more i was able to show people this is me now i can help you do whatever you need but also you need to understand this is this is what i'm bringing to it that connected with people i feel that connects with people they're like i get i get where this kid's coming from well your reel showed up on our desk i told you the story right right well this might be helpful like how how did I, because Digital Kitchen was the first place that called when I was, I, I freelanced for Digital Kitchen when I was still in school because of probably this story, right, Chad? I saw your, I saw your reel come across our desk at Optimus. This oh, at Optimus, before, right. Way before that. And it was funny, like it came across and, and like at that time, MK12 was like the hottest look, looking sort of stuff out there. And nobody, we weren't getting any reels that, that even understood what that was and understood that aesthetic. And then your reel came along and it was not, it didn't say, it didn't have like a name per se, but it was called like creamy orange. So it was immediately like, whoa, that's different. Like what, what is this? Is this a company? Is it a person? Like what's the deal? And then you watch it and it's obvious that it's not, uh, it's, it, it was a new, somebody new to the industry because there wasn't a lot of like, it, you know things that we'd recognize on tv from, and stuff like that but it was really good and it was really everything was mk12 like everything was just so mk12 that you were just like how is this guy not working at mk12 like and it was so fresh at that time because everybody was just kind of getting turned on to mk12 but nobody was really able to do it nobody was able to like produce that work and so Uriel came in and, and it was looked like it was straight off of their off of their website. And so we immediately were like, hey, come check this guy's reel out. And we had no idea who you were, where you're from. We whether or not you were out of school, in school, none of that mattered. It was just that you had this fresh perspective, this fresh reel that got our attention. Now we weren't in any position, I think, I think we may have brought you in for an interview. I can't remember uh there, but I think at that time you had already you had already agreed to a position at somersault and i hadn't gotten the somersault yet or i was in talks with them and i think we got there at the same time um but yeah it was like this it was this thing like when i got the somersault and they were like oh and so, so i got there to head up their cg division and they were like we just hired uh, a motion designer too and he's really good and i was like 
really like is his name creamy orange and they were like oh you know this guy and i'm like oh my god that's amazing we just looked at his reel and like yeah that's great <laughs> so it was like this serendipitous moment uh where we got to work together there and yeah i mean it's it it came down to you had the most unique way uh, at the time i think now it's it's pretty common but at that time it was really unique to have someone brand themselves with a name and an aesthetic and an ownable look uh that was brand new at that time which is why i think your reel got passed around so much well i uh, appreciate all the nice comments but you're also making me think like we just talked about all the person personality and meeting people and all that and it turned out that this reel did it like you didn't have to meet me i didn't have to smile i didn't have to do a handshake and the work in in some ways it sounds like it's it stood on its own as well so i mean oh sure yeah there, i mean it, you got it, you can't not be a jerk i mean if we had met you and you'd have been a jerk then that would have been that we would have never talked yeah. again well just to think like too for to to make sure i mean and I, I think we already said it like of course your work has to stand out but maybe at a certain maybe at a certain point you know the the real can stand on its own if there's a, a unique enough perspective or whatever or if it's just at the right time or you know there there are other ways to do it but you're right if i were to come in and not be fun to work with that's that's well, that the was death, a, death kiss sometimes so the question is like in like now what would that real have to be for that same scenario to happen what would that real have to be now and it would have had it have to be much 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 better because there is it is so easy to spot trends and to jump on the bandwagon and do things and and be current and there's so many ways of of getting assets and there's just so many ways that that you can make good work good work is becoming easier to make well and you can learn it online for free like right. i i had to i had to figure this out on my own in a lot of ways and through mentorships and people i met you know in chicago and like getting VHS tapes to, to teach me uh, After Effects. So it's like, yeah, now, like just so we could get a clear timeline, all those, all the reel and everything I sent out was before YouTube was even around. Like, oh yeah. So, yeah. Now, yeah, you have access to all this training and all the, all the, all these styles. So yeah, I could, I can imagine it's a lot harder now to, to maybe stand out. It's or, hard. Or, it's hard to stand out. And I, I think that, I think that if I'm at a studio and I'm and I'm looking to fill uh, a specific need, I want I want specialists. I want somebody that is a really great compositor, really great designer, really great character animator, character rigger, particle person to help me solve a very specific problem in front of me. For something staff, something more permanent, I think you're willing to sort of dig deeper and try to find the right cultural fit, the right personality, the right talent level for sure, the real absolutely, but you're willing to forego some of that on the real and, and be able to see the potential in five years. Whereas the freelance hire needs to be like hitting on all cylinders right out of the gate. So it's a bit different. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, man, it's uh, like many of our topics. We we start we open the the can, the worm the worms all uh, the worms all crawl out, and then we do our best to like try to place three of them delicately back in 
before uh, an hour goes up. <laughs> and then and, we always wrap with a weird metaphor. <laughs> and then Nick, uh, and then Nick tries to wrap it all up with a weird metaphor that rarely works. In his head, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's in his head. He's like, "Oh man, can of worms you put back in the can? That'll show them." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always enjoy this part of the podcast. Yeah, no, this is good. This is where. Uh, oh, we lost. Oh, me. we can. He'll be uh, back. He probably closed his uh, his. Let me finish the metaphor for him. The cans get uh, put away, and then the worms. What the worms die? Is that what happens, Chris? I think you go fishing. Okay, you worm. go fishing. Take the worms. Yep. Go fishing. And then, and well, that goes in. And once again, even with the demo reel thing he was talking about, like that's just almost like another handshake. Your demo reel is a handshake you've got out in the world, right? So that by itself can get you a job, but it's just like one, one facet. of those avenues. Yeah, it's just one facet. It's a multifaceted thing, and I think that's the thing to remember is that there's not a. Everybody has a different story. You ask anybody how they got into this industry, you probably won't get the same story twice. Uh, because it's never the same. It's always it's part luck. It's hard work. It's uh, you know stick-to-itiveness, which I wish I really I need a better word for that phrase. Uh, what's a good word for that? I don't know. I'll figure it out by the next Nick, time. Nick would have a good word for you. But well, the but and and I mean even that like you got to take even all of our advice with a grain of salt when it comes to this because it's constantly changing. It might be different in a different area. It might be different in a different country. It could be different depending on the type of people you have around you when you. Think about what Chicago looked like 10 years ago. Like there's all these gigantic studios. There's all these giant industry parties. There wasn't so much in the way of meetups. Uh, Slack wasn't a thing. YouTube and tutorials weren't a thing. People were on online forums. Um, like it was a very kind of different landscape. And now there's very few big industry parties, but there's lots of motion graphics meetups and lots of people know each other now. And, and I'm sure um, it's probably going to be different in five years too. I mean, it just changes so fast and constantly is evolving. Constantly. Yep. So... Well, I think that's pretty. I think we pretty much uh, answered the question a few different ways. What do you yeah. think? I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, well, it looks like uh, Nick might have had some te technical uh, malfunctions. So, we'll go make sure that he's okay. But we'll go ahead and wrap the episode up for today. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening and tuning in. As always, make sure you leave us a comment, ask us, ask us a question that we can hopefully answer on the next episode. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye, everybody.